Well, good morning, New Community Church. How's everyone doing? Good. It's good to see you here this morning. And um, if you're our guest, welcome. And let me say happy Memorial Day weekend. Um, This is a great weekend where we honor and celebrate those that have given their life um, in in the American service. So serving and fighting for our freedom. And so just want to encourage you that if you have family members or friends um, that have given their life, that you would take a moment, remember them, honor them, and that we would celebrate them. And remember that our freedom, what we enjoy, um, and even being able to grill out the freedoms that we have and celebrating with family and friends this weekend is because so many have served and they've given their life. And so we don't want to just pass this weekend by and not remember that. And so reach out to someone maybe that you know that, that has lost a loved one um, in the line of service and let them know you're thinking about them and praying for them this weekend. And we, this Sunday, we are in our fourth week. This is the final week of this series of conversations where we're talking about what do we do when God doesn't make sense? How do we wrestle through our faith? How do we trust God? And so we've looked at the idea of pain and suffering. When we're experiencing pain and suffering, what does that mean in our relationship with God? Um, When God says no, so we talked about that. Um, what's God's response to evil in the world? We covered that last week. And so today we're going to talk about this idea, what do we do when God is silent? What do we do in our lives when the voice of God is silent? So before we get to that idea and, and I tell you, hey, what do we do? Or what does this mean when God is silent in our life? Um, how do we hear the voice of God? These kinds of things. We need to start with this idea that God wants to speak to you. And maybe some of you are sitting here and you've Never had that thought before, but I'm challenging you this morning. God wants to speak to you. God wants to reveal his voice, his will, his plan, his desires for you. We believe as a church that we serve a personal God. This is not a God who created everything and then removed himself from the picture and went up to heaven and say, okay, men and women, just humanity, go ahead and take care of yourself now. Try to figure it out on your own. But this is a God who's intimate with us. And he speaks to us and he directs us. And I know that there are a lot of other world religions. There's a lot of other world views. Um, There may even be parts of Christianity that thinks, well, God just speaks through one man. That's how it works. That God revealed to this one person a holy text or a scripture. And that's kind of how God communicated with mankind. And that's all that we have. And then once again, there, there may be parts of Christianity. You may even be from a church background where you were taught to believe, well, God speaks through one individual and it's kind of passed on down through a lineage and and this is the one person and we just listen to his voice and that's how we communicate to God. Maybe some of you come into this room and you think, well, God speaks to us because Pastor Aaron, every week you deliver a message or a sermon and that's God talking to us and God challenging us. But I'm here to remind you this morning, if that's the only time you hear from God, that's the problem. God wants to interact with us. God wants to have a conversation. And so I'm going to give you a lot of scripture, but we see this in God's word. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 10, God's telling his people, hey, when you hear my voice today, don't harden your heart. So he's interacting. He's writing to the church saying, you have the chance to hear what it is that I'm saying today. In this moment, God is wanting to say something to you. Don't allow your heart to be hardened as God's people have in the past. So don't do that. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20, the the writer reminds us, hey, Jesus tore the veil. That there kind of was this separation in the Old Testament because we didn't have access to God because of our sin. And Jesus came and he tore the veil. Literally, the curtain got ripped in the temple. 
And God said, now there's not a division between my presence and my people. You can enter in. You can draw close. And the Hebrew writer says, come in with confidence. Come in boldly. I want to have a conversation with you. I want to talk about what's going on in your life. So you approach like you're my children and like I'm a good father, and you tell me what it is that you need. We see Jesus when he's talking to his disciples in John chapter 10, and he says this, my sheep know my voice. He's saying, I'm going to talk to you, and you're going to know that it's coming from me. You're going to realize this isn't something else, or it's not something you're making up. No, this is my voice speaking to you. So over and over again in God's word, we understand this. God wants to talk to us as his people. He wants to communicate with us. He wants to have a conversation with us. And yet there's times where we may feel like God is silent. Now, let me give you a hypothetical situation, okay? Um, you wake up early, you're going to do something that day. You've already communicated this to, um, to your spouse, maybe to your kids or whoever's there in the house with you, and you tell them, we are gonna leave the house at this time. At 10.30, we will be walking out the door, okay, everyone? But then what happens? Your wife is trying on her fifth outfit of the day. Your kids have lost their shoes. How? You don't know because they wear them every day, but somehow they're lost in this moment. Your teenage son will not get off the phone talking to his girlfriend, and you're trying to drag him out the door. Now, this is all hypothetical, okay? This doesn't actually happen in the Escamilla household. Some of you need that marriage night. You're nudging your spouse, okay? Because what happens? You give them the silent treatment. You get in the car. She says, do you need directions? And this is what you do right? Dad, are we going to stop somewhere and eat? And you're just glaring at the road in front of you, right? Like you want to say it, but you can't. I'm not talking to you because as soon as you break the silence, you're no longer giving them the silent treatment, right? So you can't say anything. You just want them to know I'm frustrated and I'm not talking. And if we were to be honest, some of us take that mindset into our relationship with God. Maybe this week you sinned and you missed God's plan for your life. And you come into this room, or maybe you come into personal times with God, and you think, God, you're not going to talk to me. You're frustrated with me. God, I didn't do what you asked me to this week, or maybe I didn't spend as much time in prayer or reading your word. And some of us, we have that mindset that God is like a heavenly father, kind of like our earthly father sometimes, and he's giving us the silent treatment. But as we open up God's word, that's not what we see. God doesn't keep silent because he's mad, because he's frustrated. This is a God who wants to talk to us, who wants to speak to us. And so I want to look at this practically. We're going to look at a few scriptures, but the first scripture is when God is speaking to an individual. And so if you have your Bibles, turn this morning to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9 is where we're going to start at. If you didn't bring a Bible, we've got you covered. There's this blue Bible in the seat in front of you, and you can turn to page 171. And I want to encourage everyone to open up the scripture to walk along with us. Now, in case you've never read the book of 1 Kings, and you're like, what's going on here? Let me catch you up real quick on the story that's taking place. 1 Kings is exactly what it sounds like. It's about different kings in the Bible, some good, some really bad, some who led the people astray, some who led the people back to God. And so it's the story of different kings. And we see prophets alongside of them. This these were men and women that spoke the word of the Lord to the people of God. And during these, this time that we're about to read about in chapter 19, there's a messed up king and queen. If you've ever heard a lady called Jezebel, 
That's not a compliment, okay? And it goes all the way back to this queen because she led the people away from God. Um, She caused them to commit sexual sins, idolatry. She set up false idols. She tore down the temples of God and set up idols to false gods, Baal, and um, had them doing sacrifice and different things. She was a wicked queen, and her husband, King Ahab, followed along with her. And so God sent a man named Elijah to speak the word of the Lord to draw people back. And so God, or, um, God, through Elijah, calls the king and queen out and calls these false prophets out, and they meet on a mountaintop. And he says, if your God is real, then call down fire from heaven. And then I'll take a moment, and I believe my God is real. I'll call fire down from heaven. And the false prophets spend all day. They cut themselves. They cry out. They do these sacrifices. They chant. Nothing happens. And Elijah, this prophet of God, prays this simple prayer, Lord, so that your people may know that you're real send down fire from heaven. And all of a sudden, fire falls. It consumes the sacrifice. And all of the people realize, wait a minute, we've been serving the wrong God. But Ahab and Jezebel don't take this lying down. So they're upset and they're like, okay, this is it. Elijah's life is done today. We're gonna hunt this guy down. We're gonna kill him. And so Elijah takes off running. And he's fleeing for his life. And he actually flees for about 40 days. He's depressed. He gets to the point where he's like, God, no one else wants to serve you except me. And God's just done this amazing thing. But Elijah's frustrated. And he's like, now they're hunting me down. I might as well be dead. God, just kill me. He's depressed. And what he's facing is real. And he's in this struggle. And he's like, God, I don't want to keep on living. And God speaks to him in this moment. And we see God's voice come through at a pivotal moment in the life of Elijah. And so this is where we pick up the story in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. And it says, Then Elijah came to a cave, and he lodged in it. He's on the side of a mountain. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and God said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah said, I've been very jealous for the Lord and the God of hosts for the people of Israel. They have forsaken your covenant. They have thrown down your altars and they killed your prophet with the sword. And I, even I only am left. And now they seek to take my life away. And God said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore at the mountain. And the mountain broke into pieces and the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave And behold, there came a voice to him. So as I mentioned, what Elijah is facing is real. If you've ever gone through a hard time and thought, this is the moment where I need to hear God's voice, that's where Elijah is at. His life is on the line. He doesn't feel like anyone else is serving God. He's being hunted down and he's saying, God, where are you at in all of this? What's going on? In this moment, God does not make sense to him. And he needs to hear the voice of the Lord. But while he's seeking him, There's all of these other distractions. There's all of these things that come first in this moment. There's a mighty wind, but God's not there in the wind. There's the earthquake, there's the fire, there's all of these things, but God actually shows up in a still, small, quiet voice. And it's only when Elijah quiets his heart and the distractions go away that he's able to hear the voice of God. 
And this is what I believe, church. God is speaking. The question is, are you listening? God is speaking to us. Are you listening? I don't know why it took Elijah 40 days. and I don't know why he had to get to that point. But obviously, there was a lot of inner turmoil. There was so much going on that it took him pausing everything else, pushing through the wind, the fire, all of these other things where God was not present, and stopping and listening to the small, still voice. God is speaking. The question is, as a church, are you listening? If God is wanting to talk to us, are we taking the time to pause and to listen to his voice and to listen. This is what many of us are like, probably like Elijah. We want God to show up in the earthquake. We want this mighty move of God. We want things to shift and move in our lives. And we want God to say, okay, this is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. But that's not how God often shows up. You and I, we want to be driving down the road. And all of a sudden, the billboard changes in front of you. And it says, go ahead and take that promotion. You've been waiting too long. Ask that girl to marry you finally, okay? Sign God. This is what you need to do. Hey, go ahead and buy that house or purchase that car. I'm with you. And we want that billboard moment, right? Or we want to hear God audibly. We want everything else to stop and are on a loudspeaker for God to say, okay, this is exactly what you need to do. But you guys, that's not how God shows up most of the time. And that's not how he showed up to Elijah. It was when everything else stopped. And in this moment, Elijah pauses, and that's when he can hear the voice of God. It's when he stops running. It's when all of the loud noise around him stops. And at that moment, he can listen to the voice of God. God is speaking. The question is, are you listening? Are you listening to what it is that God wants to say? And so I want to share with you the secret of hearing God's voice. This is it right here. I want you to listen to this. This is, this is God wants to take us and he wants to stop all of the distractions and he just wants us to pause. Did you guys get that? Okay, let me, let me tell you again because I don't want you to miss this. This is the secret to be able to hear God's voice. It's this right here. It's when you and I, we let everything else stop. And we just listen and we're able to pause. All the distractions are gone. And we stop. It's kind of hard to hear, isn't it? And yet that's how many of us are living our lives. Because you and I, we wake up early in the morning and we have to turn on the music just to get us out of bed because we need something to motivate us, right? Like I need my morning song just to get me moving through the day. And then the kids come running in and we've got to get them ready. And they're having you sign papers. They need to go on some field trip. They need money. And then on the way to work, you're catching up on the news or you're listening to something really quick, a podcast or something. And then you get in the office and it's phone calls and it's meetings and it's people needing your attention. And then after school or after work, you have sports events for the kids and you're moving along until you collapse on the couch and you turn on one show of Netflix before you fall asleep because you've got to get up and do it all again tomorrow. And my question is, when does God have time to speak to you in the middle of that? That's how we live our lives, you guys. And so many of us, there's so much noise, music, distractions, songs, all of these things, some of them good, some of them bad, that are flooding our life. And when does God have the chance to pause and to speak to us? And some of us, it's actually the good things in our life that are stopping the voice of God. Because some of us, we carve out time for prayer, but what do we do? 
We talk nonstop for five or 10 minutes. God, I need you to do this. This is going on. And, and my family member is going through that. And then God, did you see this happen? And God, you're really good and you're amazing and I trust you and you're my provision. And my five minutes are up and so I'll see you tomorrow, God. Hope you have a good day. I'll be back again in the morning, okay? Or, man, I need to be encouraged. So what do I do? I turn on worship music. Worship music is amazing. But some of us never embrace the silence. Man, I'm feeling kind of down. Let me turn on um, a great speaker. Let me turn on a pastor, some preacher, someone that's going to encourage me. And, and yes, God may speak through that. But most of the time, it is through the still, small silence in our life that God comes through and that he says something. God is speaking. The question is, are you and I listening? See, so many times when we're looking at God saying, God, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I don't understand this. It's because we're not pausing and we're not stopping to hear his voice. And we don't like the quiet. We don't like the silence. We want the music on. We want the radio on. We want the TV on in the background because when we stop and when we're silent, we're afraid of what we'll hear. We're afraid of what God may say to us, what he may ask of us. And so it's easy to keep busy enough and assume in our busyness, God, you're close to us. And maybe you're okay with this. And that's not the way it works, church. God is speaking. The question is, are you listening? And let me just get very practical. You're probably not gonna hear the audible voice of God. Maybe some of you in this room have in your lifetime. I never have. That's not how God speaks to me. It comes when I shut everything else off and when I'm silent and when I say, okay, God, I'm listening. And it sounds like my thoughts, but I know it's not because I'm not going to ask myself to do most of that stuff. That's how I know it's God and not me, you guys, is when I'm like, oh, that's uncomfortable. You want me to talk to that person? Wait, you want me to reach out to them? You want me to share my faith with them? You want me to spend more time praying? Or how about this one, fasting? You mean I have to stop eating for a little bit, God? That's definitely not coming from me, you guys. And so it's in that moment where I stop and where I pause. And so we're going to do that for a few seconds. We're gonna take 30 seconds and we're gonna get as quiet as we can in this room. And I realize we have younger kids, so we may not be able to totally do that, but that's okay. But we're gonna take about 30 seconds. For some of you, it's gonna seem like an eternity. You're gonna think the timer broke. It didn't, okay? It's fine. And we're gonna quiet our hearts and we're just gonna say, God, I'm being silent, I'm focused on you, help me to listen. And after you've done that for about five or 10 seconds, you're gonna think about family or friends that you're going to grill out with this weekend. And you're gonna think about work this later this week. And you're gonna wonder if you paid that bill on time and so in that moment, you're just going to say this, Jesus, I'm focusing on you. Help me to listen. And so we're going to do that. I think we have that 30-second timer. And so let's go ahead and start that, and we'll quiet our hearts.
And so that's how we practice that. Once again, some of you may have found yourself distracted a few times. It's hard when you haven't done that. But I believe God wants to speak to us when we silence our hearts. Sometimes even when we pause the worship music or, or a great speaker or some other pastor and we just stop and say, God, what is it that you want to say to us? I was reminded this past week I was meeting with a group of pastors and one of them was sharing a story. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Dallas Willard. He's from this area. He's a professor. He's written a lot about the spirit of discipline, stopping and listening to the voice of God, practicing silence and solitude. And another pastor of a large megachurch met with Dallas and he, he said, hey, what's your secret to success? How have you avoided temptation? How have you kept in line with what God is speaking? How have you done this? And Dallas said, every day, I silence my heart and I listen to God. And the pastor said, but what else? And he said, no, you don't understand. Every day, I silence my heart and I listen to the voice of God. He said, there is no other secret. He said, it's being in God's presence every day. God is speaking, church. The question is, are you listening? Am I listening to what it is that God wants to say in God's direction? And so I want to challenge you with that this morning, that we would pause, we would listen to what it is that God is saying, and we would hear his voice. I believe this, church, God wants you to hear his voice every single day. It may seem like, you may be saying, but Aaron, it doesn't make sense. Sometimes God seems like he's silent, but I'm challenging you. God wants you to hear his voice every single day. And even if you're going through a difficult time, even if it feels like you're busy, God wants you to hear his voice every single day. Do you get this, church? You can. All you have to do is open up his scriptures and begin to read. Now, you may say, Aaron, that's cheating, and maybe it is. But this is the voice of God. This is the word of God to us. God wrote this for us. He inspired men in the Bible, thousands of years, to write this. Work through the lives of women and men over and over again to give us his word, to let us know what he was wanting to do in our life. This is the voice of God for us. And so many of us, we're struggling, we're fighting, we're battling. God, I just can't seem to hear your voice. I promise you, yes, you can every single day. You just open this up. And once again, if you're waiting for Sunday morning, if you're waiting for this moment right here to engage with scripture, it's not enough, church. It's not enough, I promise you. This is God's love letter to us. He has written to us, and so many of us, we're missing it. We're not hearing his voice every day. It's not that God doesn't make sense. We're not pausing. We're not creating that discipline in our life to open up scripture and say, God, what is it that you wanna say to me today? What is it that you're trying to speak? I can remember being in high school, and I had just come back to faith in Christ. I've shared my story with you guys. And someone, I think it was at my church, they gave me a devotional. And they began um, to, to talk with me and to speak with me about um, the word of God. And every day the devotional had a short story and then it had a scripture and then a closing prayer. And the author would write, hey, here's kind of what this meant. And I remember one of the stories, I can't remember almost any other ones, but it was the story of a young couple that fell in love. So was in the 1940s. And they were in love, but the young man was going off to the army. 
And so right before he leaves, they go and they, um, they get married. And then just a few days later, he ships out. They promise each other every single week, they're going to write letters to each other. And so they begin to correspond through letters. He's conveying what it's like to be on the front lines, battling, fighting for his life, seeing friends lose their life as they're waging war against the enemy. So they're writing back and forth. But after a while, she can't really connect with the letters because her days are filled with working and getting groceries and paying bills, spending time with friends, going to church on the weekend. It seems so far removed from what he's writing. And so as she gets busier and busier, she takes the letters, she places them in a box. The letters keep on coming and she thinks, eventually I'll get around to reading them. But the war ends and he comes home and they embrace, they kiss, they spend days together celebrating, just enjoying each other's company. And a few weeks later, the husband goes looking for something and what does he find? He finds the box. He pulls it out and he begins to look through the letters and he carries it into the living room and he looks at his wife in dismay and he says, what is this? And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I got busy. I didn't have a chance to read all of these letters. And he pulls it out. He says, I remember when I sent you this one. We're on the battlefront. And a lot of my friends had lost their lives. And I didn't think I was going to make it. And so I wrote down the last words that I thought I would ever speak to you. To let you know how beautiful, how amazing you are, how much I love you. And then he pulls out another one. And he says, at this point, we had just retaken a city. And families had been separated because of the battle. And I saw children and moms and dads coming and hugging each other. And they didn't know if they were going to see each other. So I wrote you a letter of what I thought our future would be like. And what I imagined it would be like when I came home and we had kids together, but you never read that letter. And this one was to encourage you. This one was to tell you how much I've missed you, but you never took time to read those letters. And his heart was crushed. I poured all of this emotion, all of this love into this letter and you didn't care about it. Can I tell you in the devotional, the author didn't have to write anything else because I understood church, God's written as a letter. And he said, I love you. And on days when it's hard and you feel like you can't go on, he's written encouragement. And God knew ahead of time what your life was going to look like. And so in this book, he wrote about your future. He wrote about dreams and about plans and the life that he wants to give you. His voice is coming through clearly. The question is, are we listening? Can we hear the voice of God? Can we hear what it is that he's saying and what it is that he wants to speak to us and what he wants to convey in our life? Let me leave you with one last thought. Can you remember being in my early 20s and I was going through a difficult time and it felt like this, God, it doesn't make sense. I've heard your voice for so long and I've walked close to you and I felt your presence, but I was just in these few weeks and these months where I'm like, God, where are you at? And I'm praying and I'm reading my Bible, but it doesn't feel like he's near to me. And I'm like, God, what's going on? And so I picked up the phone and I called my brother. We've always encouraged each other spiritually. And I'm describing to my brother, I don't hear God. I don't feel him in this moment. And I'm praying and I'm reading and I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm leading a youth group at our church and I'm doing all of these things, but, but I don't sense God is near. Michael, do you have any words of wisdom? And he simply said this to me, 
The teacher doesn't talk during the test. The teacher doesn't talk during the test. See, church, there are moments where God is silent because he's testing us. The scripture tells us that in the book of James. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Now, I want you to hear me. God does not tempt us. James says that. God's not trying to pull us into sin, but there are moments where he tests our faith. And just like a good teacher who's given you the homework, who's walked you through the assignments, and then they give you the test and they want to know, have you learned this? That's what God does. And then afterwards, he walks through and he says, hey, we, we missed it here, you guys. We didn't learn this lesson. And we got to get that before we build on other things. Or, hey, you nailed this part. I was teaching this to you and you got that. And so we can go on. Your faith is grown. Your faith has been stretched. But we need to understand that the teacher doesn't talk during the test. And there's moments where God is silent because I believe he wants to know, have we learned what it is that he's been teaching us? And we walk through that moment. And even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, it's the moment where your faith is stretched, where you look back and you say, God, I, I got that lesson. Finally, after the third time of doing this test over and over and over again, some of you know that you had to retake the test. God, I got it. I got what you're trying to teach me. And now my faith is growing. My faith is being stretched. See, for some of us, God is silent. We need to just, or God is speaking. We just need to listen. And for others, we need to engage with his word. And then sometimes it's moments where God is testing us, where our faith is being stretched, where we're growing. God has been speaking and he's been moving in our lives. He wants to know if we learn the lesson and he wants to put our faith to that test and grow us and stretch us. 